Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Philip Patrick, who is uh, on this program as a guest from Perch Gold. Uh, Philip, uh, say hello to our audience. You've been with us several times now, and they look forward to our conversations. Well, hello to all out there. It's a pleasure to be on, Dr. Paul, as always. Thank you. Very good. And you know, this the last week, lots of things going on that involves finances, way too much. <laughs> you know, in a libertarian society, you don't have government interference at all. But if you want to find out how much is the government involved in free, free market opportunity, it is loaded. I mean, thousands of pages, executive orders written, wars that go on, and, uh, and then, then to deal with the Fed. And, and, and uh, Philip, you know, I've dealt with and argued about the Fed for a long time. That's interference. But in spite of all that, we have to do our best with the amount of opportunities we have, the amount of freedoms we still have, to try to protect ourselves you know, and uh, and get other people. And of course, I put a lot of emphasis on uh, on uh, the ideas of uh, of uh, education. You know, economic policy. You know, what is the Keynesianism and monetarism and and uh, uh, Mises's uh, uh, Austrian school of economics. All these things. But you've been working in the fields and talking about real economic investments, dealing with and giving advice to some people to what they should do. And that, of course, is why I partner with uh, the, the Birch Group. And of course, they're interested in the things I'm interested in, sound money, uh, po uh, monetary policy, economic policy, and especially gold policy. So. Philip, welcome again once more to our program today. And maybe you can start off with this telling us about what kind of a immediate reaction do you have for having seen the House passing this wonderful bill to solve our problems in the budget? Yeah, it's this time again, right? And as you say, the House of Representatives have now passed the, the bill. It's now in the Senate where it looks very likely to be approved. Now, it seems to be a compromise, right? It's going to suspend the debt limit until January 1st, 2025, until after the election. Some of the highlights, right? We're going to cap non-defense uh, spending at current levels, uh, cut $80 billion in IRS uh, funding, and restart the student loan payments. And it's now becoming fairly urgent. Janet Yellen said uh, the U.S. would default on its obligation starting June 5th, which gives us about four days, less than a week for Congress to ratify this deal. Meanwhile, the government's cash on hand at the moment is dangerously low. Uh, I saw a report recently that 31 billionaires in the US have more ready ha uh, cash on hand than the government. That's a frightening statistic. <laughs> now, um, with no limit for the next year and a half, and a nearly $2 trillion deficit, we're soon going to see a new national debt milestone of $32 trillion, followed by $33 trillion at some point in 2024. So the one constant at the moment is more debt, which at this point, I think, is the last thing our nation needs. Right. You know, there's various uh, ways to measure debt. One uh, that I think is very important because there's a lot of consumers out there, the people who buy stuff and uh, household debt, I, I believe, is, is going up is a sign that something's wrong. But sometimes we see reports that uh, sort of defy, you know, common sense. It says, well, retail spending is up. 
And I was just wondering whether my suspicion is worth anything because I always wonder when they do this, if they measure spending, do they always take, take into, into account inflation? And can they do that? Because if you take the nominal amount of money spent, it could go up and it really might be going into debt for all, all we know. And uh, I, I just wonder whether uh, that we really understand that number or could uh, the markets be deceived when you hear about how much retail spending just went up. I, I think it's very deceiving. Uh, I think there were points last year when GDP was matching inflation almost exactly, right? So it's not always a case that people are buying more goods and services. Perhaps they're just paying more for the same amount of goods and services, which certainly seems to be the case at the moment. But as you rightly point out, Household debt at the moment is skyrocketing right now at all-time highs, and this is a major issue, especially at a time when economic conditions are becoming increasingly less stable. But for a little bit of context, household debt balances set a new record of $17 trillion in the first quarter. That's up $3 trillion from 2019. Most concerningly, though, people didn't pay off their higher credit card balances after the holiday ended for the first time in more than 20 years. Credit card debt alone now is over $1 trillion. Now, when we factor in that the average interest rate on that debt, on that credit card debt, is around 20%, it becomes very problematic. And we're starting to see the early warning signs that people can't pay their bills, right? Auto loan delinquencies are now surpassing pre-pandemic levels. Now, it's never a good time to carry debt, of course, but when interest rates are rising and the economy looks unstable, this combination makes households less resilient, and it does so at the per worst possible time when recession certainly feels imminent. Yes, and you know, there's been efforts over many, many decades of agreements being drawn up that we will limit things, but it's usually out a little bit. And I think some of that went on with this budget. This first year, they claim there's going to be a cut in spending, and I, I'll believe that after the year ends. Mm -hmm. But they say in the future we're going to do this, and they never and they never achieve that. I remember in the 1980s, Reagan was in, and then there were a lot of good conservatives there, and everybody was excited about it. And uh, they had to cut. I think it was the food stamps at the time. Uh, this bill because. Uh, you know, the Democrats were arguing, well, if you're going to cut this and that, you let's see you cut, uh, you know, let's see if you cut food stamps. So the Republicans wanted to prove they were true uh, budget cutters. So they did. They cut it in half. And, and these numbers aren't exact, but the principles here, mm. they, they, they cut it in half. It's, it's somebody whispered and they said, yeah, it'll be OK, because after six months, and then we run out of money, believe me, they will have a new appropriation. That's generally what happened. They have even the thing, even how poorly this is written is not going to solve the problems. Uh, even the good side can't be pr predictable because there's an emergency always time. There's COVID. There's a war that we have to fight. It is a place we have to do. And the lobbyists, the strong lobbyists in the military industrial complex or the pharmaceutical industry, they need the, they need the money. So that's why I've become a bit c cynical uh, you, you know, about this, but it's also very important. And uh, what, what do you uh, tell people when they say, all right, I want you to tell me exactly how bad the depression is going to be or recession? Uh, is it going to come soon? And what should we do about it? 
I mean, listen, it's, first of all, my crystal ball has been foggy for a while. So to make forward predictions is, is definitely not something I'm in a position to do. But look, w- what I can say is this, watch the smart money, right? Last year, central governments, 2022, more gold buying than any other year in history, right? There are issues on the horizon. I saw a poll recently that uh, listed the main reasons that central uh, government, central banks bought gold. Four of the five reasons listed really apply to individuals as much as countries, right? Performance during times of crisis, long-term store of value or inflation hedge, no default risk, effective portfolio diversifier, right? These reasons that governments buy gold, they're the same for us, albeit on a much smaller scale. And I think people now are really starting to catch on. Uh, Google searches for how to buy gold recently hit a record. So it's pretty clear to me, you know, where things are heading. There are changes afoot. There's issues with the dollar on the global stage. Central governments are hedging their exposure. And like I said, what applies to them applies to us just on a, on a much smaller scale. Yeah, so I, I think that most people uh, realize it's difficult, you know, to make, make predictions. And, uh, and yet there's a lot of things that we can do. Austrian economics has uh, helped me in understanding that and teaches that it's easy to figure out some economic laws. Let's take it, make it simple. If you print a lot of fiat money and its value is going to go down and the history shows that the dollar ratio to gold will, will go, uh, you know, will go up. The dollar will lose its value. And it's, since we've had the Fed, it's gone down 98%. But there was a recent article out that uh, sort of listed all the times and they couldn't really find the place that when things got way out of hand that uh, people resorted to gold. And I think your information you just re- re- uh, revealed a minute ago is the fact that people are starting to do that. And <clears throat> sometimes you don't even know how much because some, some of these purchases and trades and all the activity with the big guys, you don't, e- you don't even get that in the news. But I think the fact that <clears throat> the, the ads on its television and radio are incessant uh, about buying gold, and I think people are. So uh, I worry also about our ability to continue to talk about these things. And we saw how speech was regulated during the time we had COVID. And even medicine was put on the defense because they couldn't even defend good medical practices. So, yes, we have to protect ourselves, and even in spite of the conditions that we have. But uh, we also have to think that we cannot lose our ability for you and I to talk each week. You know, we have to be able to express it. And of course, what I work on is trying to change the minds of young people in the in the college age so that when 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 they get into the workforce, they have a better understanding. It's so everything you said is is just, of course, absolutely spot on. But but you're absolutely right. And the more that sort of government get involved. I mean, we've got to remember the, the principles on which this nation was, was founded. It was limited government interference, a free market economy, and 
what we see in front of us today is very different to the conditions under which this nation really thrived. So I think your fight obviously is a good one. You've been fighting it for a long time and people now I think are starting to wake up. So it's a very important point I think for our country's history and I think the next few years are vital in terms of getting us back on a better trajectory because if we continue down the path that we are, debt, money printing, it gets to a point where it's insustainable and, and you know to the point of no return so um <clears throat> thank you for the opportunity to speak as always and uh yeah i think it's absolutely spot on and a very important fight like i said i think when we have government uh out of control and growing and then you have fiat money we know what's going to happen they're going to print the money and there's going to be these problems but i think under these conditions especially maybe all government uh, t taxation is like this because uh, all, all the uh, victims of taxation aren't treated equally. Some are able to escape it and some suffer more percentage-wise of their income. But in general, when the government taxes us, uh, it's a tax on us and it hurts us. And, and that's a negative. But when they spend it, I, I believe most of the time it's a negative. <laughs> you know, even these, uh, the things that they do with the guys that say, oh, well, we have to do this for national security. Well, I don't happen to have a personal belief that we have to have an empire and we have to police the world. Uh, mm -hmm. Even the presidents that didn't follow through made those statements, well, we can't police the world. Well, we, we can't, and, uh, and then, so we get it twice. Once they take our money, and I think the next time is when they right. spend it, and then we have to sort it all out. That's a real challenge. But even in spite of it all, <clears throat> I usually come out of it all by being grateful that uh, we can have our conversations, but I'm also yeah. fearful that if we're not careful, we could lose it. You're absolutely right, Dr. Paul. You're, you're absolutely right. The ability to converse, to discuss ideas is so important. And that, above and beyond anything else, we have to protect. There's no question about that. Yes. Now, uh, the other thing is, is uh, in the um, budget ba budget battle up there, there was occasionally uh, some some coalition building. Uh, of course, the, finally, the coalition that passed it was it, but uh, that doesn't mean that it was a good budget. I ha I uh, <clears throat> I often uh, try to explain the coalitions as two groups who firmly believe in something. They sac have to sacrifice something, mm -hmm. you know, uh, well, I'll give you this and I'll give you <laughs> this and they sacrifice. And I don't like to think of liberty being that way. I, I think it should be where uh, as we, uh, uh, you know, promote the marketplace, everybody gets to make a choice and you have to do it voluntarily in social things and economic things. I would think that if we could do more of that, and that's a sort of what happens as you describe people buying more gold, that's sort of in the voluntary place. Nobody's telling them they have to buy gold. Most of the time we have to worry about are they, are they going to inhibit it? You know, people <laughs> ask me quite frequently, do you think they'll take the gold in like Roosevelt did? And uh, my answer to that is probably not, but they might regulate it and overtax it or something. So we're not scot-free, but uh, that, is, that is one thing that uh, people ask quite frequently but there are ways to work within the system, you know, and be able to buy gold and, and reuse it for, uh, you know, pre preserving, you know, some of the wealth. And that's a real challenge for the people today.
Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. Uh, by the way, I get asked that question a lot too. Will, will we see another 1933 confiscation? I, I agree with you. I, I don't think you know, the, the, the government today need to confiscate gold, right? We were on a gold standard in the 30s. There was a reason to do it. Today, I don't see it. But, um, but I do tend to agree with you, right? It, you know, they have issues, I suppose, so maybe it leads to higher taxation or whatever it might be. But to go back to the point, um the ability to make decisions uh the ability to 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 preserve assets in the same way that central governments do i think is very important for individuals and i think particularly in climates like today when we have such tough issues to get through on our you know on the horizon precious metals generally work really really well i encourage people not necessarily to go out and buy precious metals but to get educated, to learn, to read. And I think from there, as we get educated, the, 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 the solutions start to present themselves. So that's why I'm so thankful to, to have an opportunity to be on shows like yours where education is really, really important. So I, so I thank you again for the opportunity, uh, Dr. Paul. I'm going, to, I'm going to make one short point, and then I'm going to go back to you, Philip, uh, and you can make sure they know how to get in, in touch with uh, Birch Gold if they so desire. But, you know, we, we talked about, uh, you know, economic laws and uh, understanding those from a free market viewpoint versus an interventionist viewpoint is, is something I think Austrian economics really helped. But the one thing that they do, they say that helps me understand it, yes, you can, you can understand economic laws and you can say what can happen, but they, we do not have the ability of predicting timing, and I think you alluded to that earlier. You, you don't know exactly when it's going to happen. Yeah, you and I might agree that there's going to be a recession, depression, but we don't know what day that's going to be. But anyway, that's something that gets sorted out in the market. Some people might not be quite so frustrated if they say, well, you didn't predict this. You didn't tell us exactly on this day something was going to happen. But uh, I think uh, that, uh, that that is a job we all have in trying to understand this. But, Philip, if you'd like to, make sure the people who are uh, viewing us today know how to get hold of Birch Gold. Yeah, so it's, it's very simple, actually. For, for, for your viewers, they just have to text RON and that's R-O-N, of course, to 989898. Again, that's RON to 989898. And what that will give them access to is a free information kit. It'll provide a lot of information on how precious metals work, how people can in invest and purchase precious metals here in the U.S. So as, as we always say, information is key. It's the best place to start. You just text RON to 989898. Very good. And Philip, I want to thank you once again for being with us today and look forward to our next visit. And I want to thank our viewers for tuning in today and please return to the Liberty Report soon.